Hello, Melvin. Hello. Just we'll have to. I'll. I'll. We'll just have to endure <clears> them. Okay. Sorry about that. I don't know what is going on there. No, it's, it wouldn't connect to my. Um, it looks like the iPad, the iPads, the Apple uh, apps changed as well. It's got a different front end now than it used to have. Oh, I don't understand right. it because I was I I I was definitely um, you can edit all this shit out, can't you? Yeah. Hello. You can, edit, so. you can you can edit me rambling, yeah. can't you? This bit. Um. I yeah. I think I can. Yeah, because um, what was I going to say? <clears throat> yeah, because I was like, I added your channel as like a favorite. And you mm. and when I searched your name, you didn't even come up on the on the thing. So I don't know what the fuck's wrong with it. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, I think the I think the app's changed Maybe. a bit. I I haven't sort of looked on it for ages. Yeah, so yeah, you've come up as Melvin Killen, mm. and that's what I that's what I put in. I put in search Melvin. Killen oh, okay. And, and I don't know. Well, I'll I'll try and figure it out. But if it sounds all yeah. right from your end. Yeah, it oh, sounds okay we'll just, here. We'll do, we'll do that then. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, all right. I'll let you do the introduction, Melvin. <clears throat> um, yeah. So tonight we're we're going to be sort of discussing um, the works of Duncan Jones, um, son of David Bowie. Um, and also his up-and-coming new film, which is going to be Rogue Trooper from 2000 AD, um, which you you obviously, you, I think you, you're probably more of an expert than I well, am on that subject. I, I so. must admit, I was, I was going to say, I was going to provisionally say this is probably going to be as ill-informed as our previous podcast. I'm speaking personally, of course, because... Um, It'll probably be rambling and um, incoherent and factually uh, there'll be huge <laughs> glaring omissions and, in, in, uh, you know, mistakes probably. Yeah, but that's, that's the, the nature of the, nature of the, the beast. And if anyone, you know, again, like I yep. said, if anyone's got any corrections, you know, please uh, pigeon post or, or smoke circle yeah. or whoever, or smoke rings, however you contact us. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I, I uh, yeah, just a little bit of a. It's basically just an, um, this whole podcast. Well, from my own selfish perspective, it's just an excuse that, so I can mention that I met Duncan Jones at a Comic Con. So it's all based. Oh, did, did you know? Not... I didn't know that. Oh, oh okay. So, oh, I'm, no. I'm, so I'm basically going. It's all. It's completely. You know, it's it's all selfishly uh, orchestrated by me, so I can not 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 as an awful lot. Of... Out. It's not an awful lot <laughs> to talk about me meeting him, apart from he was really, really nice. And, um, oh right. Uh, yeah, very, very laid back and and seemingly uh, mm. obviously. So this was kind of at the the the, uh, the beginnings of his career, but seemingly um, he had yet to obtain the Hollywood ego. So, um, hopefully that's still the case. Mm. But, um, he he was promoting uh, yeah. he was promoting his second film, Source Code. Um, I can't remember what Comic Con now it was. It was either London or. It was Kapow, or it was some comic on anyway. But anyway, that's my own. You know, like I said, I've got my own nefarious reasons for um, having this okay. idea. But also, of course, um, it's a bit topical because it was announced 
uh, I don't know if you saw it on the old Twitterverse, and um, I suppose it depends who you follow, really. But it was on, it was announced on the Twitterverse and, and Facebookverse. Um, I did last night. I I had a little sort of look up, and I I saw a little video that he did, um, sort of announcing it <clears throat> himself. I don't yeah, know if where you where saw he's got that. like a mohawk and. Uh, yes. Yeah, you see the back of him, and yeah, he's like sort of announcing you know he's sort of saying or oh, what what should i do sort of like, what should i, I do, do next film or a big hollywood pick or you yeah. know something that sort of yeah it comes comes across that he's 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 a big 2000 ad yeah, fan he's mentioned so it. it's coming close he, to he has mentioned it in, in, in interviews i think he he said that um <clears throat> you know when he was on when he was touring with his dad and that Obviously, I suppose to occupy his mind, he would read comics and stuff. And being mm. from being a um, British, that I guess the most obtainable one when he was, you know, sort of uh, lying around the house would be 2008 because it used to be very prominent. And every news mm. agent's, you know, generally used to stock it. Well, when you know, when British comics were huge and back in the 70s, and probably when. You know the, the 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 famous ones, the Beano and the Dandy. Probably, I don't know what ones you used to read when you were. We're gonna we're gonna go off on a tangent here and perhaps, perhaps talk about British comics for a little while as well. But I don't know what ones you used to read or were were you much of a reader of British comics? Maybe uh, I wasn't really. No, um, it was probably Beano. Beano was my my um, comic of choice. Yeah, I didn't I didn't uh, progress much further than that until much later. Oh, no, probably. A, British humour comic, it very much in the tradition yes. of uh, you know slapstick and, and uh, but there was always a little sort of uh, yeah. there was kind of a satirical sort of subtext, mm. wasn't there, with the Beano and quite often class politics would play a role if I remember correctly. And I guess if you want to look at the the anti Beano, it's something probably something like Viz, who uh, a British yeah. That was a lot later, though, wasn't it? That was sort of... I think it was late 80s, I think that started. started Oh, right. Still going now. Fanzine, as as far as I know, and then evolved into a sort of a a newsstand comic. But, yeah, yeah, so you you were from the Beano. Yeah, I didn't really progress much further than that at that stage. You know, um, I don't know what what stage you started reading sort of 2000 AD. Well, I do remember I because I remember vividly and, I, and I've, I've since, I've consequently checked on the <clears> internet and looked it up because I remember vividly there was a, an issue that had, um, um, and I don't know if you recall this, but um, um, Matchbox, the toy manufacturers in the UK, they, they yeah. uh, created this line of toys called, I think it was called Adventure 2000. Um, it it wasn't like right. um, it wasn't like officially tied in with the storyline that, that that was running in the comic, but they kind of the comic kind of piggybacked it. I don't know if there was like some sort of um, unwritten agreement to you to be able to use the toys in a, in the in the comic storyline. That was a Judge Dredd storyline. It was called mm. um, it was called the Cursed Earth, and basically uh, Judge Dredd had to get across the Cursed Earth, and the vehicle of choice was this. Um, I think it was called a land cruiser or a land crawler, and and that was basically 
blatantly cribbed from this um, Matchbox toy. So it kind of tied, it oh, kind right. of tied in, but it didn't. But I remember, I can't remember which came first. I can't remember if I bought the comic or I bought the toy first. But I remember vividly the cover of this um, issue had Dread, uh, a character called Spikes Harvey Rotten on the front, and this Land Cruiser vehicle. And I remember then mm. probably going out and buying the, the toy with my pocket money. But I mean, I'd read, I'd read a few issues because I had a friend um, who. Uh, big shout out to Joe Jones here. Uh, jo- uh, my friend Joe Jones, he was he kind of introduced me to 2000 AD because I remember him buying the very first issue, which would have been in 1977. And I remember playing oh. playing with the, you got a free, uh, like a sort of Frisbee. Um, I don't remember that. Mm. It was red. It was called a space spinner. It was just a cheap bit of plastic, really. Um, mm. And I think it was repurposed for many of the comics at the time, did the same sort of thing, like a Frisbee. Yeah, 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 it was a big like thing. Sort of tornado did a similar thing. Eagle did something like that yeah. when it was the 80s. But, oh, right. um, but I remember playing with that on the field, and um, and I remember I remember going to our local post office to buy issue one, and issue one had sold out. And I don't know how many copies they had, probably only a couple. So I was very disheartened mm. by that. So I kind of gave up on that and went on, went on to read other stuff like Battle, which was a war comic. Oh, yeah, 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 I used to read those. Yeah, yeah. stuff like. Yeah, yeah. So I probably didn't pick up an issue in earnest and read in earnest probably until about issues were called are called progs for people who don't know two thousand AD. Every issue is called a prog. It's not called an issue. So if if I refer to a prog, it means issue basically. Um, I think I picked Mm -hmm. up. I think it was prog seventy five or something like that that had this Land Cruiser and Dread on the front, and I remember that vividly. And I remember another issue was a bit later. There was a story running called um, Ant Wars, and the cover was made to look like a newspaper report that basically was saying the ants are taking over, you know, the world. And I remember that scaring the shit right. out of me. I had not, I literally had nothing about that because there was like a picture of a, a, a <laughs> massive, like, mutated ants on the cover, <laughs> and like a news headline saying, you know, ants, whatever the headline was on the on the cover. But it's made to look like a newspaper front page. And um, I think at, oh, at my right. very young, tender age, I was probably about seven then, um, I actually probably thought, yeah, shit, man, mutated ants, it's, it could happen. And um, it scared the living crap out of me. There was like a sort of big ant towering over this kind of skeletal um, human that juices <laughs> sucked out of him. Um, and it, yeah, it actually gave me nightmares. So I've got, I've got a lot to thank 2000 AD for, for messing, messing with my brain, basically, messing with me as a kid. <laughs> I think you were a bit further advanced than well, I was. Like I was probably eight. I was yeah. I was still on the Beano. And uh... I used to read to. I think it was too advanced for me. I think I used to get two thousand AD, but it was it was very sophisticated for me at that age. I mean, I was only seven or eight, and I and a lot of those things went completely over my head. I think you know stuff like dread. I never really got the satire, obviously, at that age, and the you know. The... It's only looking back now that you. Um, so I, I, I yeah. did sort of fall out in and out of love of 2008 because it just it was just I wasn't really ready for it you know I it, I, I kind of compare it to right. like music where sometimes you listen to an album and it takes a few listens to sort of uh, you know yeah. get the groove and I think that was the same with 2008 I need to be older yeah. to really appreciate it I think that's right yeah you can rediscover things can't you and uh, yeah 
Sorry, so he was tempted yeah. away by you know uh, Whoopi, which was another, which was a, I don't know if you remember Whoopi, but it was like a that was a humor comic, which I, I think right. one of their first uh, uh, free gifts because British comics used to love giving free sort of cheap plastic shit away, didn't they? Um, it was a Whoopi cushion because <laughs> that's because oh yeah. I remember taking that to school <laughs> and like using that, um, you know quite liberally in the, in the, in the schoolyard the playground you know making yeah. the fart sound yeah there was always things like that know, whistles or, yeah I, I don't know, strange, there was random yeah. stuff wasn't there really you know um, that they used to give away but and I vaguely remember yeah. reading a comic called Scream a few issues of that which was a horror comic but I think they gave away a free spider with the, like a plastic spider with one of the that was a free gift Right, it's just tap basically. So yeah, like you, it probably took me a few years to really get hold of, to grasp the um, the sort of complexity of the characters in 2000 AD, and and obviously Rogue Trooper, which we will get onto. He kind of appeared quite a bit later. He appeared in the 80s. Um, so by that time, you know, I was I was heading towards my teenage year, so I, I was kind of ready for that sort of storytelling. Yeah. Um, but it's become like a lifelong sort of thing for you. I guess sort of I'm, now. Not, I'm not as obsessed uh, as, as uh, you know, some 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 fandom, uh, which you find people get very obsessed with it. I mean, I suppose I am semi-obsessed. On a scale to one to ten, I'm probably like a seven. But I, I wouldn't say I'm hardcore. I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't recite, um, you know, specific details. Or like some people, they're very good at like, they can remember almost every storyline. I couldn't do that. I mean... My, my mm. you know, age has taken its toll, I'm afraid. So, um, but I, I guess, yeah, I mean, for me, it's up there. I guess some people, it's the, it's the equivalent of Star Wars for some people, I guess, like 2000 AD for me. And, yeah. um, and obviously, I love Star Wars as well. That was a, a huge sort of milestone seeing that at the cinema when I was seven years old. Star Wars, it was like, it blew my mind basically. Um, but, but, you know, it was in the back of my mind. It was great seeing stuff like American movies, stuff like, you know, the early superhero stuff like, you know, Superman, Christopher Reeve's version. Um, but always in the back of my mind, I always mm. felt like, oh, but wouldn't it be great if some of our comic characters got a bit more recognition? Because, you know, yeah. Yeah, why can't we do it? Because, you know, yeah. all the, the comics were so rich yeah. and there was so much material that, that could be drawn from um it, it always felt yeah. quite frustrating and and that's why i was so excited um and you know we have this there's a story that we because i've known you obviously uh bloody decades um, um when finally the, the first judge dread film made it to the big screen which was just like an amazing thing yeah. for me i remember at the time being so excited it was a mixture of it, it sort of elation and 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 trepidation because i was just I was just like, oh, please yeah. don't, please don't fuck it up, please, please. You know, it's like this is this was that was almost like Britain's, you know, it was like the calling card to you know to Hollywood. Like, look, it's a here's a really, really cool ca- comic book character, and it you know, and he's as good as any of the American comic book characters, and you know, and this was this was open up, you know, um, the 2008 universe to potential <laughs> movies and. 
you know, I, I had it all mapped out my mind. Oh my God, we're going to get an ABC Warriors movie and then there'll be a Road Trooper movie and a Strontium Dog movie and then we'll have a Slane movie and then, you know, the, the sort of the list of comic book characters is endless, really, in 2018. Well, of course, history will... Mm. History proves that that didn't happen because, you know, the the 1995 Sylvester Stallone starring Dread movie was an absolute bomb. Mm. It flopped. Um, you know, yeah. it, it couldn't compete with uh, Val Kilmer's Batman, which was a sh- actually. No. I, I do. I mean, Dread isn't Judge Dread. The '95 film is a is a pretty me- it's, it's a pretty bad film, and it's an a mess. It's it's a mess, and it it bears very little relation to the, yeah. the comic character. But it, I still think it's a better film than than the uh, the Kilmer Batman. I can't remember what was that? Was that Batman Forever? Was it called? Um, Gary and, I can't um, remember. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was Stallone film. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't dread for me. And then, and then um, you know, we had to wait like um, many other years, you know, 18 years, was it, until we got the Carl Urban one in 2012, which was hmm. actually a really faithful adaptation. But, you know, that didn't do very well at the box office either. So, and that, so I, I guess I thought that's pretty much hmm. game over then for movies. Yeah, I, I wonder what I wonder why that is. I, I wonder. Do you think it's because it is? It's not American, and the Americans just don't I, take I think to it. There is a bit or... of protectionism with their. It's like I, I think there's quite <clears> a. I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm speculating here, but uh, uh, my take on it is that they're they're very unwilling to embrace another culture's. You know, sort of culture, if you like. Um, mm. that, that that old term that our media studies teacher used to use, um, Don Mahoney, wherever you are, if you listen to this, hi. Mm. <laughs> Cultural imperialism, where it's like that. You know, they they've got their they've got their comic characters and their superheroes. They don't really want anyone else's. They don't really need anyone. Else's, you know, they've got enough. Mm. So, in these young upstarts, yeah. these little little country like. Um, <laughs> you know like the uk produces a comic are they re- are they really interested in the fact that you know no one really reads that they're, they're, they're hard to um sort of access really like um i mean i guess even something as huge as manga manga's massive in japan but i doubt very many um american readers would read a manga comic hmm. and it's all about <clears throat> money and marketing and what they hmm. think i guess sells and obviously if you've got an established character like Batman or Superman that have been going for like 80 years, you, you, you're going to rather rely on them mm. than try and adapt something that no one's really aware of or heard of. Which I think yeah. that's the problem with which, which was uh, I think the last two Judge Dredd films found is that, you know, it was hard to penetrate that, that quite closed market really hard to penetrate it. And, and also the humor and the satire, because basically Dredd is taking a, Hot shot of American politics and American culture in a way. It celebrates it, but it's also kind of, you know, satirically criticizing it. And I think, yeah. you know, America doesn't always get satire as perhaps well as the, as the Brits do. So I think that's always been a problem mm. of, um, you know, it crossing over to the States. Yeah, it's quite subtle, isn't it? Like it's not. It does happen sometimes, but then you, you know, get something like Python. Monty Python was massive in America. 
it's I mean that was kind of yeah. a fluke maybe. But I think generally they go like other countries no, come along criticizing their you know their sort of culture and politics. So that might be why it hasn't had the market mm. penetration. Um, but they are now, aren't they? Like, do, gonna do well, a are, yeah. TV series of Dread or one that's apparently in um, in pre-production, and 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 I, I think that's going to be, as, as I understand it, filmed in the UK. So I think there's some Ameri- there is some American money involved as well. I think the American company right. Lionsgate, I think they're and they had a hand in the 2012 Dread movie. I think they're stumping up some cash. For oh, it. Okay, but it's all a bit quiet. I mean, there's the big. The big San Diego Comic Con is on at the moment in uh, in America, so um, I don't know if any more little tidbits are going to come out about that. Um, uh, Duncan Jones has said on his uh, Twitter feed that he won't be at um, he won't be at San Diego to talk about Road Trip because he's too busy sort of prepping it. So we won't get any right. info on that for a little while. Mm. You know, as these things they, they take a long time, don't they? Really? <clears throat> Yeah, so there's no news on who's going to be in it or anything like that. Sort of early days. I mean, this this is this the Road Tripper movie's been trying. I mean, I've kind of followed the saga. It's that there's scripts that have been in existence for many years. I think I think they even tried to get it off the ground about uh, ten years ago, I believe, eight or ten years ago, and they had a script written by a comic book um, comic book writer called Grant Morrison, who's really big in the in the States now, but mm. he's more famous over here for writing a kind of satirical superhero story called Zenith, which ran in 2000 AD. And I don't know if you were reading 2000 AD when Zenith was in it, because you, you sort of read it in the uh, early 90s, wasn't it? So. You re- you... Yes, yeah. Yeah, early 90s. But he's gone to years, Hollywood yeah. and, um, well, America, and there's a big, he's written Batman comics, and there's a, there's a thing... Uh, you wrote a comic called Happy, which has been converted. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I did watch some of that. Yeah. Um, on Netflix yeah. over here, and he's had a hand in that. So he's kind of, you know, he's getting fair, he's getting fair prominence in America at the moment. But um, um, so there was talk, to, there has been talk talk of a road tuber film for some years, but I think Duncan Jones, he's going to, He's going to write and direct this, so he's, they're probably going to throw out you know, any old script that exists. Probably going to get thrown out. So, mm. but yeah. So, I, I, go on. Sorry. Mm. I was just going to say, uh, has he? Did he? Has he written any of his other screenplays, like for Pretty his other films? Mute, like, is he? Mutes that yeah. we'll get onto was and Moon. Obviously, right. his first sort of breakout film. He. I believe he did probably maybe co-written. This is this is this is the lack of research okay. that we've done. Yeah, you know, to do this, I've literally done no <laughs> research. But uh, yeah, I said it's going to be ill-informed. Um, and source code, I believe, was someone else's script directed at. And I and I, yeah. I think Warcraft, he might have had something to do with that. The script it might have been a co-writing right. job, but I think. Um, yeah, I think only. I mean, he might have a co-writing. You know, someone else might have a hand in the Road Trooper script, but it's been announced that he's writing and directing. I think. I think Mute was all his, all his work. Right. As far as I know. I okay. apologize if that's if that's incorrect. Um, so I, I think he, you know, it's he, he's the man for the job. I mean, the same. I think in the same way. I think the problem with with the if we're going back to. Um, 
trying to adapt the 2000 AD story to um, into a film. Um, I think maybe American writers would struggle. I think like in you can see in the Judge Dredd 90, the 1990 film, 1995 film. I think the writers struggle to kind of condense, you know, all the story. So such a dense, rich story line in in dread they they struggled trying to adapt and they sort of cherry picked characters and kind of sort of stuffed them in and and it was just a bit of a it was a bit of a mishmash really i don't think they kind of knew quite what film they were trying to make was it a superhero film was it um sort of dystopian mm. science fiction film was it a you know i mean you had rob scheider being a really annoying sort of comedy you know, he was kind of the comedy relief, comedy sidekick. I mean, what were they? They, they were riffing off Lethal Weapon, I guess. With, um, but what, what I hear about um, the nineteen ninety five film, they originally wanted Joe Pesci as um, Rob Scheider's role. He was he was kind of courted right. for the character of Fergie, which um, Rob uh, Schneider um, Scheider. I was getting mixed up Schneider or Scheider Scheider. I think it. Um, he was courted to play the part that Rob Schneider ended up playing. Um, Joe Pesci was, I guess, because he had that right. he had that role in Le- in the Lethal Weapon movies where he was kind of yeah, so yeah, they went sort of more of a buddy buddy type. Yeah, thing yeah, to I it. mean that which was obviously very prevalent and all the all the rage right. in the nineties, wasn't it? In the eighties, you know, like Beverly Hills Cop and mm. Lethal Weapon, and you know they, they all had to have a, a buddy, didn't they? But yeah. yeah, I just don't think they really got a handle on it. And um, obviously, with the, the 2012 Dread film, you had, um, you know, you had a, a, a British director, Alex Garland, who also wrote the screenplay, and he also grew up with 2000 AD. So I think it helps to have someone who's totally immersed in the in the lore, if you like, not the lore, but the lore. Mm. And um, so I think that bodes well for um, that bodes well for Road Trip because you've got you know obviously Duncan Jones is British and so I think he's got that sensibility that maybe someone coming at it from America perhaps wouldn't have. But, but I mean, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, like I think there, so. I'll give you. A... Like you say, um, because he's British and, you know, he obviously has, um, his, his, um, his star is sort of rising, isn't it, at the moment? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so in Hollywood, he's sort of, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's like hot property as a director, but he's like, you know, he's probably oh, yeah, well I'm thought of. He's only made. He's he's not made many films, has he? But um, the the films that he has made because he only, as as I remember it, Moon came out in two thousand nine. Was that his first? That was his first, wasn't it? Commercials and stuff before that. If I'm if I'm right. Yeah, that's usually how they get into the film business, isn't it? Start out in commercials. Um, But Moon. Moon. I haven't seen Moon, but Moon was Moon was really successful, was wasn't it? That, you know, low budget sort of you know little indie British film that kind of came out of nowhere. 
I mean, I mean, it's it, it's a little, it's oh, you know, it's not perfect. It's a bit rough around the edges. One thing I was trying to, this is what I I say I didn't prepare for this. I I had one person in my mind to prepare for this podcast, and I thought I'm gonna have to. I, I want to think of a clever, a clever comparison, um, and how I kind of see it is it, he's a bit like um, Terry Gilliam. I was yeah. It's funny you should say that. It's very funny that you should say that because when I was watching Mute last night, um, that his his name came yeah, to my I'm, mind. I'm sort of yeah. happy you picked up on that because um, because his films are. I mean, they're a little rough around the edges, aren't they, Terry Gilliam's films? They're a little unfocused, you know. Uh, perhaps you know. A little bit incoherent at times, his film. Um, yeah, there's, there's something about that makes them yeah. better yeah, in yeah. a way than a, a straightforward exactly. Hollywood. You know, it yeah, it, it gives exactly. it a bit of edge, you know, doesn't I, it? So, in the same way that I give, I've got a lot of goodwill for Terry Gilliam. I've got sort of equal amount of goodwill for for Duncan Jones. Really, I mean. He's obviously still learning his craft, so you know it's yeah. That's I guess part of the process, isn't it? And um, and he's not, and he's oh, sounds like a hornet. What was that? It was um yeah, that was a, another call. It's is okay. That the Russians? Yes, yeah, the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like you know, just as we were saying, a little you know that same sort of sort of quirky sort of sensibility about the films, and um, um, you know, for how low budget um, Moon was, it was you know, it's uh, you say you haven't seen it. it's worth it's worth watching. I haven't seen it. It's it's a little mm. derivative. It's a little bit derivative, but you know, it's hard to do something completely original these days, isn't it? Um, but 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 it's, you know it's uh, for what he did on such a low budget, and that's a, that's again I think he's quite good at um, he's quite good at the, the the keeping things under budget and cheap, and I think that's right. probably to his advantage because I, I see yeah I think I just think he's yeah he's quite an efficient filmmaker by what I can tell of seeing his films. Oh, okay. So I think that'll that, be well. That's very me. different than Gilliam. Gilliam, then. Well, yeah, in that regards, yeah, because they they, kind of got, they sort of go spiralling out of control, don't they? Yeah. And, and budget, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you yeah. might have a bit more of a handle on the business side than uh, poor Mister Gilliam, but yeah, there you go. But I mean, yeah, so um, Moon and then Source Code was his kind of Hollywood calling card, I guess, and a bit more conventional. Um, yeah. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. I don't know. Did you ever see that? Yes. Yeah, I, I quite like that one. Yeah, it was all right. It was good, wasn't it? It was, you know, quite a bit of formula, but yeah, you know, it was entertaining, wasn't it? it was it was it was, and that, again, it had a bit of the that had a bit of the sort of Gillians about it, didn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah, there was an edge edge to it. You know, it was it was more Hollywood. Yeah. Much more sort of in the vein of you know he was sort of, um, I guess. Working for a big studio, I guess, yeah. for that one. Yeah, that's right. Oh. And you had a conventional 
uh, protagonist in you know Jake Gyllenhaal's character, and you know had a, rom- a sort of romantic subplot, which is always you know Hollywood. Yeah, but it had quite an interesting sort of premise. Yeah, yeah he, he can in that he rever- he could reverse time, couldn't he? He went back and played the same yeah. event over and over again. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. spoilers. I mean, I, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to remember that the actual end, but the ends. Well, I don't want to ruin it, but um, for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it, it's sort of, it kind of, uh, it's got a bit of a curveball at the end, doesn't it? The end is a little bit of a. Yeah, I'm trying to remember myself, but it's it's on a train, isn't it? And the train crashes. Like I remember like a bomb that. That goes off, isn't there? Like a suicide bomber or something. Yeah. That, oh, that's it. And that's it. Yeah. On the train, yeah. and he he get somehow, you know, he he can replay the event, can't he? And and subtly change the events to. To, to avoid yeah. the bomb going off, basically. That's right. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll probably have to sort of rewatch that because I'm 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 a little bit hazy on the end, but I seem to remember it's you know it's got like a bit of a twist at the end. I seem to remember. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, so there's that, and then of course, uh, probably not as successfully, arguably, Warcraft. No, I didn't finish oh, watching oh. that. I I think I probably. Probably most half an hour of it. It was a bit tough. All of the rings, not my, wasn't it for me? About you yeah. About it, yeah. I'm kind of yeah. done with. I'm kind yeah, of done I, with fantasy genre at the moment. I think I'm just overkill. I think with fantasy. And I, yeah. I, I, I guess. With, sorry. I I guess with that sort of film, you have to be a fan of Warcraft or. Do you know, what? I was yeah. thinking exactly the same thing. Uh, I think if you're a diehard. Yeah. Warcraft obsessive, you've played it ever since. Oh, yeah, you played it. Oh, yeah, it's just like the uh-huh. world come to life. And I'm, I mean, technically, again, this is why I'm optimistic about Road Trip. Is technically, it, I mean, I remember seeing it, I went to see it in 3D, um, at right. the I don't know, the local cinema. And I remember technically, the moments of it were quite astonishing. Like the you know, the real the realism in the in the computer generated characters was quite amazing. Um, it wasn't always consistently yeah. good, there was a few ropey effects, but. But that's why I'm kind of intrigued what he's going to do with Rogue Trooper. Will it be CG because you know, the blue, yeah. obviously Rogue Trooper's blue? Or are they going to use makeup? And, and I guess that's, that's probably budget dependent as well because I don't know how it's probably going to be fairly low budget, I would have thought. Um, with Warcraft, it, it just seemed like there was it was just too much CG. It was CGI, it, it sort was. Of, and it was, and it was quite, it was yeah. very long. And for me, yeah. it was it had quite a sort of conventional sort of plot. Really, it was a little bit too sort of simple for my taste, that plot wise. Um, I, I guess maybe that's yeah. the nature of it being adapted from a from a game, because you know I'm not missing yeah. games. I'm a gamer myself, but they're they're not always the most sort of uh, deep or sophisticated storylines. I'm I probably get lots of gamers now saying that's bullshit. Those games are equally as deep <laughs> as the movies, but but for me, I mean, mm. but again, I think because as I, as I understand it, Duncan Jones is a massive gamer as well, so he's right. you know he's a big gamer, so he it was a bit of a dream project for him because you know and a bit of a passion project again for him because um, he he is mm. a massive gamer, and with Rogue Trooper, he can you know it's two for one really because it has been adapted into a computer game as well, so it's a game and a comic. So how it's going to right. be a game, comic, and a movie. So it's it's covered all the bases, isn't it? Really. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so potentially it's got all, all the ingredients to be something sort of yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, definitely. I, it'd be interesting what he, because it's, again, I mean, it's been, the, the, the story is it's quite old now, 81, what are we now? 2012. So, I mean, there's, there's probably like 30 odd years of storylines you can draw upon. Um, right. <clears throat> in the comic, I mean, this is my hazy memory. So, you know, apologies for, for diehard Road Trooper fans here, but um, basically, Rogue is double crossed. He's like a genetically created infantryman who's fighting this war on New Earth, this never ending war that seems to go on forever, a war of attrition. You know, neither side seem to be getting anywhere. And um, he's he's double-crossed by um, a general in his ranks. And the kind of then the basic plot kicks in where he's basically trying to find the traitor general and basically kill him because he gets all his comrades get all his comrades get massacred in the quartz mm. zone massacre. And um, so the whole sort of thrust of the plot then of the comic was he's hunting the hunting to find out who the, the traitor general is so he can basically get his revenge. So it's quite a compelling, right. quite a compelling story. Mm. And then, you know, it goes off on tangents and there's little side quests, if you like. Again, it's a bit, it is a bit like a game, I, I guess. I can see why it, it was a sort of obvious choice to, to adapt into a computer game, really, because it was little side quests and things. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what uh, he comes up with, really, what, what, what storyline he decides to follow. Yes, yes. You can cherry pick a lot of storylines from the from all the years of comics that are out there. But again, great, hmm. great for you know, great for a little a little British comic that was a bit punk and that you know no one thought would. Lo- I mean, that's, that's the the story is no one thought it would last past. Well, no one thought it would last past the seventies, let alone the two thousands. So that's why they chose the right. title two thousand AD because they thought, well, no way is it going to be going in the year two thousand. Um. That's a bit so how many years has it been going now then? years this year, I think. Seven, oh, right. Yeah. Wow. 77 it started. Mm. Yeah, 41 mm. years. So it's been going 41 years. Bloody hell. Nearly as old as us. Mm. <laughs> Not quite that. I don't think much <laughs> as old as us. Um, and I... I you know, by all accounts, it nearly folded in the in the nineties. It had a bit of a patchy run in the nineteen nineties, and Rebellion finally bought the company. They bought the comic um, from um, mm. a company called Egmont, who basically just didn't really know what to do with the comic. So they kind of saved it really because it was kind of running into the ground in the in the sort of late nineties, and they and and they bought it yeah. in the year two thousand, which was you know quite apt. All oh, right, um, and. And you were saying that the guy who runs Rebellion, he's like a big, obviously like a yeah. Big he used to read all accounts when he was younger, and and you know obviously he, they started off in computer games um, originally, um, but you know he he thought to himself, you know what what a great idea, buy this comic, um, I mean uh, quite a bargain price allegedly. And then they could exploit all the intellectual properties. You know, they could make they could, you know, make computer games from the characters and, and movies. So quite lucrative, really. And um, yeah, Rebellion are mm. um, they're famous. I must admit, I don't play these games, but I mean, gamers will know they're they're famous over here or well, probably worldwide for the 
uh, the Sniper Elite games, which are like kind of third person. I think they're a third person shooter. Mm-hmm. I think like a war a war based shooting game basically, and and they've been a um, <clears throat> a real British a real British success story. So they kind of put put our you know put our little country on the map, which is quite cool. And hopefully, you know, with with them exploiting more of their um, IP, hopefully they will get more known, and hopefully there'll be more. You know, if, if Rogue Troopers is a success and the TV, the Judge Dread TV show um, takes off, hopefully we'll get a lot more um, British comic book characters making it to the yeah. big screen. Well, like you say, that, that there seems to be a lot of scope there for for it. If um, if exactly, there's the interest, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you you see it like I mean in Hollywood, you know, you get one, you get a hit film, and then you'll get like I mean. I mean, no one thought the Marvel um, movies were going to really do any massive box office. I mean, comic book movies weren't really in a great shape, really, back in the early... I mean, you had, you know, I guess the X-Men in the late 90s kick-started, and then you had Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire ones. You know, they were they were moderately successful, but I think, you know, Iron Man was a big risk for, um, yeah. for Marvel because they didn't really... And, and obviously casting... Um, I remember at the time there was a lot of there was a lot of apprehension of, of um, casting Robert Downey Jr. because uh, he'd kind of just come out of rehab mm. and really was you That's know right, yeah. was a bit washed up as an actor. Really. His career, yeah, his career was oh, yeah, sort of true. down the toilet, down wasn't it? Really, you know, he'd done a few sort of um, middling films. I mean, there's a film that I really love, which is called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was the film that came out just before. Um, he did Iron Man, which is a Shane Black movie, which was, I think, really yeah. underrated film. I'm, I'm probably under-seen as well, to be honest with you, but he's, he's great in that. And and uh, Val Kilmer's in that. that with him? Like, like, a, like a, gay, a gay detective. Kilmer, yeah. Which is really... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does a really good, you know... Yeah. A, a gay character in it, and it's, um, you know, it's a very... <laughs> Uh, it's a really good film, really. Typical sort of Shane Black as a yeah. kind of parody to the genre, you know, the action genre. A lot of his, you know, films because he did mm. the Last Boy Scout. We went to see the Last Boy Scout, didn't we? Yeah. That's, yes. That's yeah, yeah we did. Shane yeah. Black. Yeah. Um, which I think Tony Scott directed, but Shane Black, I'm pretty sure, wrote it. Um, and he's doing mm. the Predator film, Shane Black. But it, but he's quite, you know, yeah. I'm the trailer. I saw the trailer, and I'm sort of in two minds. But I mean, but he's a good writer, and he, you know, he, he, there's a there's quite a lot of humour in his scripts, and they're they're quite sharp and satirical. So I think he did. Have you seen? Um, mm. Is it called The Nice Guys? Have you seen that with Russell Crowe? That's on Netflix. Ryan no, Gosling. I saw that on. I, I was That's worth a watch. That is Mill. Yes. Yeah. Is that? Some time to, I mean, yeah. it, it, oh, it's okay. a bit, it does sort of outstay its welcome a little bit, but the first hour and a half is really entertaining and there's some really great dialogue in it, really excellent dialogue. And um, and Ryan Gosling, who are you know, I can give or take generally, yeah, but he's really funny in this. It's like he does, mm. he does show that he's got he's quite he's very good at comedy because he's basically the brunt of every pratfall mm. and. You know, a bit of brutal violence. He seems to get it all the time, and he—he's he, a very sort of downtrodden character, and he plays it really well. 
Russell Crowe. Who else is in it? It's Ryan Gosling. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Russell Crowe. No, I, think, I, think they, I think they get what they get. Fan either, really. I think what works in in this film is the chemistry between them because, yeah, they seem to have really chemistry. chemistry. I mean, right. I've seen some awful Russell Crowe. Oh. I mean, the Mummy. I don't know if you ever saw the, the latest Mummy film with Donald Cruise. What a mess that is! That oh, that film, but it's, it, it's quite. Um, it, 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 well, it's for, for sort of research purposes, it is a good film to watch. It's quite. Um, it's, such a, it's such a train wreck that you, you, it's almost like it's like. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Remade well, I it. I don't why. Start this um, universal horror universe like 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 the, like a cinematic universe like Marvel have done with all their comics they wanted to basically a money machine isn't it big, you know because it is played very yeah. much like a sort of you know the tropes are very much like superhero tropes so like you know um Tom Cruise well mm. although he's not a superhero but um, like Russell Crowe in it because Russell Crowe's in The Mummy and it's absolutely terrible talk about bad casting I mean he's, he's got the worst Cockney accent since Dick Van Dyke you know. it's something to behold <laughs> it is worth watching you know it, it, just for that because it's right. it, it is absolutely unbelievable his accent it is called Blimey Governor it's like that mm. it's terrible and, and Cruise <laughs> just looks bewildered he looks like n- normally he's obviously you see him he's quite you know Sort of, you know, he seems very in control, very focused, very, exactly. Yeah, very and, focused, uh, didn't he? In this, he just seems completely out of his depth, which is quite something to watch, really. Because tonally, the thing, the film's all over mm. the place. You know, it's kind of a bit, a bit slapsticky, and then it's a bit kind of comic booky, and then it's a bit horror. It doesn't right. really know what. I'll tell you what, it reminded mm. me of for some bizarre reason. I don't know about how, how how it reminded me of. I mean maybe it's just some of the I, I don't know just some of the the tone of it it reminds me of a, a really it, again it falls into the it's so bad it's good category um a, a Toby Hooper film called Life Force I don't know, do you remember that with the naked vampires it's got a naked vampire in it a naked, naked vampire woman who yeah. basically yeah. just show off <laughs> she's just walking through the whole film completely stark bollock naked um, but it's uh, a weird tonal m- mishmash of sort of comic and and horror, and it's just a, you know tonally you know all over the place. And, and for some reason, the mummy reminded me of that. Just that it didn't really know what it wanted to be. Quite, you know, was it a horror film? You know, was it a classic mm-hmm. horror film in the in the sort of Universal monsters style, or was it a, a Tom Cruise? action vehicle you know was it a vehicle for tom cruise it just didn't know what it wanted to be it's just a mess but it's definitely worth worth watching um on how not to do one of those films basically if you're if you're a film if you're a film student it should be required viewing i think um but but, (laughs) oh we got russell crowe we're talking about yeah so yeah he's done some shit hasn't he yeah yeah wait his early like i was Big fan of his early work, but um, yeah, as he sort of got you know, more Hollywood, I sort of went off him. Yeah. Rom- yeah. Rom- Rompa Stomper? Yeah. Was he in there? Gladiator. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the first 
film that I remember seeing him like sort of in. Yeah, it was yeah. It, that was really good. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. We've gone off onto a tangent on I don't know. Shane Black movies, but yeah, I don't know how we got there, but we got there. But, um, hmm. Netflix. Yeah. That's what. We, maybe that's how we Netflix. Into it cause we were talking about because both both because Mute was a Netflix. Yeah. They stumped the cash up for that, didn't they, Duncan Jones? Yeah. We have discussed. Yeah, it, Mute. We, really, yeah. Let's... No, let's talk about that because, like, I, um, yeah, I, I couldn't finish watching it, or I, I haven't yet. Maybe I'll go back me, and sort of try for, again. For me, there's like there's standout scenes that are really good. Um, it's almost like a little vignette of good scenes. Mm. There's like a, um, but as a as a whole, it just doesn't really quite coalesce. Doesn't quite hang together. I didn't. And I didn't really sort of get what it was trying to be like because one minute it yeah. looked like oh, it yeah. was like Blade Runner, and I don't know what I it was. I don't know. Blade Runner was certainly I, an influence, I just it? didn't. I mean, the yeah. protagonist. That's that. Um, yeah, just Skarsgård, isn't it? Is that his name? Skarsgård. Yeah. Skarsgård. Yeah. It is Skarsgård. As I can't remember. I think that's name. right. Yeah, his motivation was a little bit because isn't it in it? Is he searching for a, a missing child? I don't know if I got that far. I kind of meandered in and out of it, and I think I watched it in two sittings as well because I was because it's quite long as well. I think I believe, and I was sort of struggling with it. Right, I, I think there's a, there's a girl gone missing, and um. I think, or it's something to do with his his girlfriend gets murdered, and and then there's like a child that oh, goes okay. missing, and he the, the child is in, in like a sort of child um, sort of sex ring, like a paedophile ring. There's there's this was quite uncomfortable moments I remember in it about. Because he's, right, he's yeah. like Amish, isn't he? Like that was that was weird as well. And at the beginning of the film, like he. Um, you, he gets. I don't know what happens to him, but he he gets attacked or something in the water. Doesn't he? Oh, that's right, and his throat you, gets. Like, that's that's why. He can't and because because of the religion, they won't let the doctors operate on him. So yeah, that's why he's lost his. That's why he can't speak. But like you say, it just seemed um, a little bit yeah. unfocused. Um, quite what what he was trying to say. Um, so yeah. yeah, I did struggle with that a little bit. I mean, but again, visually, I mean, I, I, I assume it wasn't a, a huge budget. Yeah. And visually, it, it proved that he could, you know, <clears throat> bring a film in that looked good for a relatively low budget. So uh, maybe just needs to hone yeah. the storytelling a little bit, tighten it a bit. Well, I, from watching that, I felt like he he needs he needs to find his. Yeah. Um, his, his own voice, exactly. if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's got all these influences that we would probably have. Um, and, you know, when you're, I, you know, I'm not a filmmaker, but like, I imagine, like, when you're a filmmaker, you, you, 
sure, you sure. draw from those influences, don't you? But um, I think, you know, obviously, hopefully, he will draw from that and yeah. his own voice will that's, sort of that's, come that's out. The, and um, That's what you hope for, isn't it? That he, like you say, he'll find something that has something to say that's quite yeah. unique and and you know can resonate with an audience that you know they can connect with and like you're saying it's it's a little bit divisive in um in popularity i think it you know it kind of right divide the the audience which sometimes that's a good thing i mean i've seen some films like um there's a very divisive film that came out called under the skin which had um you saw that didn't you with scott Yes, yeah. So I love yeah, that because yeah. it was yeah, I, I really like that. It was yeah. not like it was odd and it wasn't like anything else. Yeah. It was like, like yeah, why yeah. is she in it? It's filmed in bloody Glasgow. What? you got Scott and Hanson walking around Glasgow with like a, yeah. a mink coat on or something. It was just bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Oh, driving around in a van. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I did, yeah, I did sort of, very weird. I did really enjoy that. But I know there's, you know, there's people who, who, who absolutely vehemently hate that film <laughs> because, um, you know, if you, oh, right. anyone who reads internet comments, which I do sometimes, um, yeah, very divisive. Some people just did not get it. It's like, whoops. I could see how you, you could think like it was erring on the, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was borderline, it wasn't was it? Was a little bit. See, for me, it just it just yeah. kind of stayed on the right side of, of unpretentious, but it was it was definitely it was definitely flirting with pretentious. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I, I I did love it. Yeah, um, you know, it's, but that's that's the thing. It's about taste, yeah. isn't it? Um, everyone's taste is different. I mean, I I've 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 watched a lot of very highly acclaimed films of late and I've thought well I didn't understand all the hype like that horror film Hereditary which I just did I thought I've seen I've seen this it had a very good mm. build up and tense um, and enjoyable build up but it was just very formula at the end and kind of like see, I, by the end of it I it kind of well you know all the good work that had been set up at the beginning was was kind of flushed away really and it became very formulaic at the end and mm. I kind of switched off after that. It was a very interesting build up and then it was it was almost like, oh, we don't quite know how to end this film now, so we'll give it quite a conventional end. Um, which really kind of was a bit of an anticlimax mm. really after the sort of interesting setup. And the same with stuff like um there's a film called The Witch. Um, which got a lot of acclaim, right. which was um it's got a horror film set in the believe in like New England in the I don't know I think it's, is it 1800s late 1700s I'm not quite sure now but um, I thought that was ex- exceptionally long and drawn out and quite a grueling watch really but not <clears> in a good way it was grueling as in you know it was just it took a long time to get anywhere visually you know striking right. um, but uh, some films you know it's about the journey and you know, perhaps not the payoff, and but in this, the, there wasn't really a payoff either. Really, it was a it was a hell of a long journey to get nowhere for me. But a lot of people was like, mm. "This is like a, this is an amazing, you know, revolutionary horror film." But I'm a bit funny with horror because horror has to be. I yeah. really have to 
it's not my favourite genre of horror, and it has to be something pretty special for me to to, to like a horror film. And I do like you know, the really good horror films. There's, 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 you know, there's been many classics, but I mean, um, but it takes something special for me to to really like a horror film because I'm just I'm tired of all the sort of tropes and the you know the genre tropes that you get the jump scares and the the creaky floorboards and the and it's, yeah it's, it's a little bit stale isn't it it has all been done really it's all been done hasn't it yeah exactly but yeah yeah maybe next time we should talk about um like the exorcist <clears throat> the exorcist which is um probably well, my favorite that to me of... that is the defining horror film of yeah. all time it, that, like you're saying uh millie like that i probably you know, probably wrongly, it's probably like, you know, doesn't probably help my enjoyment of films, but I I, I hold that as such a high benchmark that every other horror film that comes along, I would have to, com- even if it's like, you know, you know, sort of narratively not similar, but I have to compare it with The Exorcist. Yeah, that, that just scared the it's Jesus out of me. Because it's so plausible. <laughs> And I just, and I think it's done in such a clinical, sterile way, you know, um, the, the the way it's shot, um, the acting is amazing from like, you know, um, I can't think of her name now, but who played Reagan? You know what I mean, don't you? The, the girl. Um, yeah. And I just think, yeah, I mean, a, a stunning film and, and that's the, and <clears throat> When I, when I see a, a modern film, I'm 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 constantly comparing. Well, is it going to be as good as The Exorcist? You know, and that's unfortunately what happened with Hereditary. It was all the posts was like it's the best horror film since The Exorcist, and already I'm thinking, really, is it? Is it? You know, already I'm being a yeah. bit cynical. Um, I bet it's not as good as The Exorcist, and of course it wasn't. So, <laughs> no, that's that's it a is. stupid think, yeah, claim to make, service, isn't it? Really, film with the service. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, what have your? Have yeah. you got any musings of anything films you want to see, or anything you watched recently, or any ideas for the next podcast? Um, um, not at the moment. I, I, I don't know really. I'm, I'm a tiny bit out of the loop with. Uh, current releases, so I mean, I don't know. You, do you know any up, up and coming sort of out films? And, yeah, so you're, you're a bit like a you're like a nomad at the moment. Yep, yeah, I'm a bit so of a bit of a hermit. Uh, I don't know. I keep my eyes, I keep my eyes peeled. I, I, there's nothing immediately that I'm thinking. I mean, there was a film that Whacking Phoenix film. That Lynn Ramsey directed called "You Were Never Really There" or "Never Really Here." You were never really there. Where we think a hitman. Oh, I mean, that yeah. completely bypassed the cinema around here. Mm. So that's probably something I've got to catch up with on DVD or or um, Netflix. Um, that's mm. one that's kind of I've stored in my memory bank that I'd like to I'd like to see. Um, what's coming out? I don't even know what's coming out in the next yeah. couple of weeks, to be honest, or the next month, to be honest with you. I'm, I really couldn't tell. I'm, I'm probably no. going to see that the um, it's a you know they're junk films, but they're quite enjoyable. I'm probably going to see the next Mission Impossible movie because I do kind of quite enjoy them. Um, but you know, they're, they're, I know it's hardly highbrow, but um, 
that would probably be one to watch. But I, I, yeah, after that, I'm not even really what's what's coming mm. out. I don't really. I mean, sort of. I, I don't know about you, mm. but I do flick through the movie magazines just to try and keep myself abreast of what's you know about and what's about to be released. Um, I flick Empire and Total Film or something mm. when I'm in the in WH Smith sometimes. Um, but I must admit, there's mm. there's not. Um, else is coming out August time something's coming out August time I'll probably go and see the Predator film because I think that's out soon um, I'm, I'm, my expectations mm. aren't high to be fair but I'm, I might give it a go There's something to mm. well um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head like of like different things that we could talk about like next time or like another time, maybe we could talk about um, uh, comedy influences, like uh, oh, stand-up yeah, comedians. That are, from the, yeah, yeah. You know, mixed there's a there's a wealth of like um, people, you know, like Bill Hicks. Off, you know, who's Bill Hicks. Who's that guy? That you, Monty that, he was a protege of Bill Hicks, wasn't he? And you, and you said you should watch this stand-up show on Netflix, which he's done. I can't think of it. Mark oh. Maron, that's it. Mark he, Maron. I, I'd seen him, and I didn't even know I'd seen him. I don't know if you... I mean, I've not watched too many episodes of this, but so I can't tell you how it sort of develops, but um, there's a show on Netflix called Glow, which is about a oh, okay. female... It, was, it is called Glow, isn't it? I'm sure it's called Glow. Um, it's about a female wrestling team from the 80s. And he mm. is the, he's the coach. He's like a really cynical. Oh, right. He's, he, it's worth watching for him, really. He's really cynical, sort of ah. son of a bitch, basically. Like, he did a, a TV series as well, which oh, was he? just called Marin, um, which I, I, watched quite a lot of it you know it was sort of similar to um is that oh, i'm trying to think oh i can't i can't what did you say on amazon it, uh, i'm not sure it may may have been on sky i'm not sure um yeah that was really good that was just basically him being himself um his life but yeah um yeah that that's what I first saw him in, and then I had listened to his um, stand-up, and yeah, I I think he's yeah, yeah he's well, really we good. Talk about comedy influences. Yeah. You know, you know, so. we can mention Python and Sellers and the Goons and Spike Miller. Yeah, like yeah. You know, yeah, Bill yeah, Hicks yeah. and Peter Cook. There's, there's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot. To all, all Derek and Clark. Yeah. I think that, that sounds like a yeah, so. that sounds doable, Mill. So uh, yeah. I guess wrap up the the, the podcast okay. then. It sounds yep, sounds good to me. I think I'm we've covered there. quite a lot there. Um, I hope I hope any listeners who have been listening or will listen enjoy it, and um, I hope you will join us again sometime soon. Hopefully, hopefully not quite as long. We left it quite a long time this time, didn't we? But hopefully. yeah, yeah, we'll try and make it a bit, bit more regular. So I'm Ashley signing out. And I'm Kelvin signing out now. Adios. Okay.
See you soon. Bye. This is a short introduction for our new podcast, which was recorded last night. Uh, the podcast um, covers things such as Duncan Jones' uh, new proposed film, Rogue Trooper, and his previous films. Um, we discussed 2000 AD and its role in cinema and um, British culture and lots of other random stuff. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, leave a comment, a voice message, and we'll get back to you. Thanks for listening.